You are listening to the CMC podcast series, Strong Life. In this exciting new series, the pastors of CMC will impart powerful principles that will enable you to live the strong life that God has destined for you. Now join Lead Pastor Tim Brooks for Living Strong over the question, Why Me? In this lesson, I do want to talk about the why me question. And whether you act like it or not, we all ask this countless times. And we all deal with that thought all the time. Uh, God, I serve you. I pay my tithe. I give money above my tithe and my offering. I read my Bible. I go to church. Why did this happen to me? Don't act like you hadn't said that. Uh, what we're really asking when we, when we do say that is, God, why did you let this happen to me? And, and the truth of the matter is, in a roundabout way, we're blaming God for what has happened or what we're going through or what we or a friend of ours that had gone through or whatever our event is. We're mad at God for letting this happen. Now, I know I'm not perfect, and I don't do everything right, but I can tell you what, there's a lot of sinners out there that never go to church, and they're healthy, and why am I dealing with this? There's a lot of sinners out there that never go to church, and I've been in church, and now why, why, aren't they the one, why aren't they the ones that are having this problem? Why am I having it? God, why would you let this happen to me? Turn to James chapter 1. When, when trials... Hard times, difficulties, I don't know what word we want to use. When crisis, when extreme crisis, when difficult times, when hurtful times, when hard times happen to us, for some reason, we think, because I go to church, that guy over there that doesn't go to church, or has never been to church, ought to be dealing with this, not me. I don't, because I'm in church, I should be insulated from any, you know, I heard this just this week. My mother, Tim, was a good person. She's a good person. I don't know why she had to die. I mean, she was a good person. And I don't know why that had to happen to her when all these people out here, uh, I just heard that this last week. Uh, that child was way too, that baby dying at birth. Why'd that have to happen? James chapter 1, verse 2, and I want you to look at the key word in here, when. <laughs> Circle that, underline it, capitalize it, write it on your hand, when. James is writing to Christians, and he says, when, and I don't know what translation you have, but it says trials, some say difficulties, uh, when, when these things, now I'm not sure I don't know if preachers have led us to believe. I don't, know, I don't know where we come up with the idea, since I go to church, I should never have a trial. I don't know where that idea originates in our head. Maybe it's just the devil that puts, us, puts that in our head to make us mad at God. Because the Bible certainly does not say that. It says when. When. Now, if we don't live, and when our theme this year is growing stronger and stronger, and, and if we don't live strong over this, what I'm calling the why me question, you're got, you're, you won't ever live a strong life. 
Because that will keep you defeated. That will keep you living under it, so to speak. If you are questioning or mad or bemoaning or blaming God, you won't ever live a strong life until you live strong over that question that we all deal with. Let's dive into this and go to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. And, and I want you to just scroll down and follow with me through chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3. Genesis chapter 1, we read about God creating the world. And look, just scan down and, and see how many times you read, it was good. And it was good. And he saw it was good. It was good. It was good. God created the world, and it was good. Verse 26 through 31, he created mankind in his image. How much better could it be than that? He created mankind in his image. Look at verse 26 through 31. He gave us rule over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, the cattle, over all the earth, everything that creeps. He blessed us and told us to be fruitful, to rule, subdue. Verse 31, he saw it was all good. Chapter 1. Chapter 2. Scan down through here. 7, 8, and 9. Put man in the garden. We got four rivers flowing in and around it. The ground produced... It didn't have gold. I like what it says. Good gold. I mean, it's just, this ain't bad gold. This isn't jive gold. Look what it says. And good gold. Onyx. Uh, I mean, women, what more could you want? My goodness. Men, we got four rivers to fish in, and women, you got the gold and the onyx. I mean, it's, it's just as good as it gets. All right, now... Go back and read Genesis chapter 1, 1, all the way through chapter 2, verse 25. And you read God's plan. Chapter 1 and chapter 2, God's plan, and here's how it was to work. And this is what God planned for your life. Read chapter 1 and chapter 2, and you will read what God planned for your life. Now, make you a mental note. Chapter 1, chapter 2, what God planned for your life. I want you to look through there. No hurricanes, no floods, no tsunamis. In fact, the business is, your picnic never got rained out. Water just came up from the ground and watered everything. It never didn't rain out your parade. There's no lightning. Chapter 1 and 2, there's no cancer. There's no heart attacks. There's no divorces. There's no car wrecks. There's no flat tires. There's no roofs leaking. There's no drunk drivers killing anybody. Because I've looked. Chapter 1 and 2, there's no back surgeries. There's no high blood sugar. Chapter 1 and 2, I, I mean, I'm checking this out. What did God have in mind? Now, when we're mad at God and blaming God and for our hurt and our pain and why me and why me and why am I going through this and why am I having to do and you're having your pity party. Imagine how God feels about it. I don't know if you ever think about it, but imagine, read chapter 1 and 2, 
and then look at what you're dealing with and imagine how does God feel about it. You're blaming God for this happening to you. How do you think God feels about that? That's not His plan. Read chapter 3. And you can always know that we are living in a fallen world. That's where we are. We're living... Don't be blaming God for the fact that we're in a fallen world. God clearly warned us. He couldn't have been more clear. God clearly warned us. And for you and I to act like it's God's fault... When he was very clear on what would happen in the world if we chose to disobey him. Chapter 3 is very clear on mankind's choice. And from the end of chapter 3 all the way through Revelation chapter 22. We won't read all of that tonight. But from the end of Genesis chapter 3 all the way to Revelation chapter 22 we read about God rescuing man from our disobedience and sin. God at every turn is trying to rescue us from our own wrong and undoing. God provided a substitute blood sacrifice to cover sin. The blood of a perfect animal made atonement for our sin. Uh, that word atonement is an old covenant word. You never read the word atonement in the New Testament. The word atonement is God covering our sin. Then, after 4,000 years of life under the old covenant, God sends Jesus the ultimate sacrifice that paid the penalty for sin in full. And for those who apply not an animal's blood to the doorpost of our life, but for those who apply the blood of Jesus to the doorpost of our life, our sins are not atoned for, our sins are not covered, our sins are washed away. The Bible uses the word clean. The Bible uses the word white as snow. The Bible uses the phrase a brand new start or born again. That's what happens in life under the new covenant. We have a brand new start. You didn't have a brand new start under the old covenant. All you did was just covered, temporarily covered, made atonement for your sins. Now, John 10.10, I want this church to make sure that everybody in this church memorizes John 10.10 and, and it just comes right off the tongue. Right? I mean, immediately, John 10. John 10.10 is the dividing line. The thief comes but to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come to bring life, and help me, life more abundant. Uh, you got to know that. If you're a Christian, you have to know John 10.10. 10, because it is the shirts and skins of the playground. I mean, it, it is the two teams. It is the clear distinction here. It is the... It, all right, ever... Everything that kills, steals, and destroys is on this team. Everything that brings life and life more abundant is on this team over here. And so here is the dividing line right here. Now, it, it, we got two teams, Jesus and the thief. If it kills, steals, and destroys, what team does it come from? 
if it brings life, and life more abundant, what team does it come from? See, John 10.10 describes that for us. Now, every time you have the question, God, why me? Go read Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2, and you can see God's idea. You can see God's plan for you. Then read chapter 3, and you can see mankind's choice. You can see mankind's choice. And then read John 10.10, and you can see. Whether you're in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, or whether you're in Genesis chapter 3. So you, you, you can see this. Now, because of God's goodness, because of God's unprecedented grace and mercy, th- that is beyond comprehension, Romans 8.28 tells us that although the thief came to get you, God can take everything. It didn't say some things. Romans 8, 28. God can take everything that was meant for your destruction. And when you give it to Him, He can make something good out of it. Some way, somehow. Now, God can take what was meant to destroy you. And you see, there, we got two teams except for the winner's already been decided. See, God brings life and life more abundant. The thief kills, steals, and destroys, but when he comes to kill, steal, and destroy, God can take that and turn it to bring you life and life more abundant out of that. James chapter 1, verse 2 tells us, Consider it all joy when. Consider it all joy when you go through this. The key is the word when. In a fallen world, in a world that chose disobedience, in a world where mankind chose his will over God's will. See, we live in a world where mankind daily chooses his will over God's will. Here's what you can know. We will experience tough times living in that fallen world. Sometimes you'll experience tough times that you didn't even cause. You're just living here in the result of a fallen world. You didn't cause this. This wasn't any of your doing. It, it's just a, the consequences of disobedience. In a fallen world, we experience things that God did not plan for us. Things that were not God's idea for us. Things that was not God's will for us. We do, we will, we all have these events that happen to us. Now, here's your decision. Whose hands will you place what has happened to you in? See, whose hands will you place it? If you place your event, your hurt, your pain, your loss, your what, if you place your event in the devil's hands, he will torment you. You'll lay in your bed and cry. You'll get up and drive to work and cry. You will be mad. You will be bitter. You will be hurt. You you will have a problem loving God. See, if you place that event in the devil's hands, he will torment you every second of the rest of your life. If you place that event in God's hands, he will some way, 
somehow bless you, promote you, advance you because of it. Some way, somehow. Now, when you ask the question of why me, we are really questioning God and blaming Him for allowing this to happen. When you do that, you are not placing that event in God's hands and allowing Him to turn it into something good for you. In fact is, when you ask this why me question, you are placing that event in the devil's hands and allowing Him to torment you with it. This event that has happened is not God's fault. It is the result of life in a fallen world. Now, you will place that in God's hands, or you will place that in the devil's hands. Now, we all, we all see countless testimonies of people that have done both of those. You've seen that daily. You see daily people who are mean, bitter, hurt, withdrawn, non-productive, and you start talking to them, this and with them. Paul and I were just talking about this and with them. Talk, and then this event will come out. This hurt, this pain, it, it will eventually come. They're mad, they're mean, they're hurt, they're obnoxious, they're overbearing, they're whatever. What, what's wrong? What, they've taken that event and placed it in the devil's hands. And mean, bitter, hurt, mad, withdrawn, non-productive. And we also see people daily missing limbs, Hurts, losses, devastation, smile on their face, and highly productive. We we see people all the time that are in a place that they never would have been in had this event not happened. Dave Reber's ministry continues to grow and reach into the literal millions and millions of people. He would have never been where he is now had that hand grenade not gone off in his hand and blew his hands off and his face off. But he is where he is and having a world, literally a worldwide effect because of a horrible thing that the devil tried to kill him with, tried to steal from him with. It's it's amazing. You know, it's, it's it's not the flat tire, it's our attitude about it. This flat tire, I'm mad, I'm bitter, I'm frustrated, I'm kicking the ground, cussing, I'm just mad as I can be because I had a flat tire. Or, I had a flat tire, God, you saved me from a wreck that I could have had, had I not had to stop and change this flat. Lord, you're so good to me, thank you for watching over me. See, it's not the flat tire, it's whose hands we placed that flat tire in. The why me weakens you. It weakens your productivity, it weakens your blessings, it weakens your peace, it weakens your joy. And to live this strong life that we have been talking about all this year, you'll have to be strong over that why me question, because the why me question comes to all of us all the time. And you'll have to live victorious over that. Psalms 119, 105. Your word is a lamp and a guide to my feet and a light to my path. You got to use God's word to guide your thinking in these times that are impossible for you to figure out. Now, I want you to turn to Isaiah chapter 55 with me. In God's word, God has revealed his thoughts to us. In God's word, he has revealed his thoughts concerning many things to us. In sending Jesus, God has revealed Himself to us. 
Jesus reveals God himself to us. His word reveals God's thoughts to us. We see God in Jesus. We see how God thinks in his word. But we do so with a finite mind. Our mind has a limit to it. Now, when I'm teaching these principles, I use this example, this illustration a whole lot. I'm going to need this whole first row of TC to help me. I like guys in a pink shirt. I love wearing pink. What's your name? Jeffrey. Jeffrey? All right, Jeffrey, you come up here, right here, and, and, and sit on the floor. All of you guys, get up. All of y'all, get up and come and get around Jeffrey. Jeffrey, you sit right out there in the middle where they get around you. Sit on the floor. All right, let's go. Hurry up, guys. Don't move slow. We've got things to do. I'm preaching a sermon here. If I go overtime, it's not because I was long-winded. It's because these guys were slow. Get all around him as close as you can be. Don't step on him, but get close. Jeffrey, get your hands up. Don't let them stand on you. Get close. Get elbow to elbow. Side by side. Elbow to... All right, let's go. Next row. All up here. Come on, hurry up. Y'all got to move faster than they did. All right. Now, Jeffrey, just hang tough in here. All right, y'all get around them. All right, Jeffrey, how are we doing? All right, we're doing good. All right, now, everybody get around. Circle all the way around. Fill in the holes. Fill in the gaps. All right, Jeffrey, what can you see? That's what I thought. Kneecaps. Now, Jeffrey's alive. He's seeing. He's operating. But he can't see near what I can see from up here. He ain't got a chance of seeing what I can see up here. Jeffrey, about six rows back is a lady. What color shirt she wearing? What's the matter with you? We ain't got a chance of seeing that. I can see it clear. From his perspective... There are thousands of things that I could point out that I can see very clear. Jeffrey hadn't got a chance of seeing because of his position in life. Do you understand this? Now, can Jeffrey see some things? Yeah. Can Jeffrey know some things? Sure. Can Jeffrey be taught some things? But on his best day, he can't see what I can see. I've got a perspective that he, it's impossible for him to have. Okay, y'all just stay there. The rest of us are going to go on. Y'all stay right there. Isaiah 55. Y'all stay right there. Don't move. Stay tight. All right. Isaiah, the rest of us having a Bible study. Isaiah 55. Let's read. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. Okay, everybody look up here at me. Do you see how my thoughts are nothing like Jeffrey's thoughts about y'all? Looks, everybody here look like a kneecap to Jeffrey. But is that the truth? Not necessarily, but that's, in, that's all he can see. Look, look, back to Isaiah 55. Sorry, you guys, we're having a great Bible study. Isaiah 55. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond, listen to this, anything you could imagine. Now, from Jeffrey's position right here, look at these lights. Look at the colors back here. He can't see none of that. You can't tell him any of that. I try to describe it, but he, from where, are y'all understanding this? From where we are with our finite, limited mind, and where God is, God can see life in a way that none of us can ever see it. Y'all got the point of this? Y'all give the star of the sermon a big hand. Jeffrey, stand up and take a bow. Y'all can be seated.
You, you've got to understand this. You have got to understand that from you and I's position, and I had Jeffrey sitting down here with people around him, and I'm here. But do you realize how much further apart from us that God is than I was from Jeffrey? I mean, look, look for, God can see the beginning from the end. God is in a position that's high and lifted up. His train can fill the whole temple. And so you're, what is, you can't know why this happened. Now, you can study and you can bemoan and you can be mad and it can destroy your whole life, but you can't know why that happened. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. My dog still died. I can't know. You'd be mad at God? Come on, are you following this? You, from your perspective, you cannot know. Now, you asking why this baby was born dead or why this bad event happened or why this cry and all of us have them. Raise your hand. Have you been through a crisis? Raise two hands. I mean, we, are, we live in a fallen world, and we've got hurts, and we've got pains, and we've got losses, and we, we've, all, we've all been there. Now, you ask, well, I went to church, and this still happened. Look, it's a waste of time. You can't know why. You can't know why. From our perspective, we can't see three generations from now. TC guys, do you understand this? You can't see three generations from now. You can't see five generations from now. You can't see what would have happened, what now will happen, what was caused by this, what was ultimately prevented by this. That's why we trust God. That's all we can do. That's all we can do. That's why we trust God. On the phone with a guy today. Horrible situation. I can't imagine. All we can do is trust God. All we, oh, that's such a pat answer. No, that is the answer. That is the, that is the answer. That's not a pat, that is trust God. No, that's not a pat answer. That is your answer. And here's what I want to end with. And I, and I say this in this church all the time. Because I had to come to this in myself. And this is a particular, particularly difficult place for somebody with my wiring to come to. Because I am a teacher. And I am a teacher about God. And so when I come against something that I can't understand, or I can't explain, or I can't teach, that's harder for me to deal with than it is other people who aren't wired in that manner. So I'm telling you, this has been particularly difficult for me to come to in my own personal life. Years and years ago, I had to come to the place where I finally understood that God's thoughts 
will always be higher than my thoughts. And His ways will be beyond my ways. And there are a lot of things I can learn. There are a lot of things I need to learn. And there's a lot of things I can study. And there's a lot of things I can find out about God. And I need to find out everything I can find out about Him. And I need to learn everything I can learn. And I need to do the best I can to follow Him. But at the end of that, I have to be okay with, there's some thoughts I, I, I'll never know. Talking to a guy recently, he says, Tim, I'll just be glad when I get to heaven. I said, really, what are you going to do up here? He said, I'm going to ask God some questions about why this happened, that happened. And I looked at him and I said, from what I understand, when you get to heaven, you won't even have those questions. You know, when we get to heaven, those questions that we're so consumed with won't even be a question in our mind. And I hear this, you've heard it. Probably most of us have said it. I can't trust God because look what has happened in my life. I've had people look at me and tell me, Tim, I can't trust God. You explain to me why this and this and this happened. And where I came to years ago is the fact that I can't explain it is the very reason I do trust God. That is the very reason I do put my trust in God. Because if I could explain every single one of your questions and to you, then I would be as smart as God. And I happen to need a God that's a whole lot smarter than me. So the very fact that there are many questions out there that, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Didn't make sense to me. The fact that there are countless questions out there that I don't have a clue over. It doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem to be the right thing. Certainly, it's something I would have never caused to happen. Why did this happen? The fact that I can't explain those is the very reason that I trust God. Every time the question comes to you, why me? Immediately begin to praise and thank God for being bigger and smarter than you are. Trust Him for all the whys in your life. Y'all stand. Lord, tonight, we roll up our sleeves and open Your Word and we dive in to learn all we can learn about You. God, help us know You more. Help us understand Your thoughts more and more. Help us think Your thoughts Help us act like you. Help us say your words. But Lord, at the end of the day, when we find ourselves short and we find ourselves facing many things that we can't find an answer to, Lord, that we place those things not in the devil's hands to torment us, but we place those things in your hands that brings life, peace, and abundance to us. Tonight, Lord, in the midst of all of the why me's, we put our trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to the CMC Podcast. You can stay connected with us through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Download the CMC app by searching Christian Ministries Church in the App Store. For more information and upcoming events, go to cmchurch.com.